Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great. Having Having a good week. Not looking forward to moving house, which I'm doing in a few weeks' time. It brings with it a certain amount of stress, a certain Indeed. amount of extra effort. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm a little creature of habit. I need to and and no change, just all cozied up, comfort pilled wow. in my my cozy office. <laughs> you would have been really gutted when the Queen died. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I don't know why you. We last talked about that next week, I think. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Definitely not. Not. Three minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you? How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. I was smiling through the intro because I was playing Arkham this afternoon and I said to my playing partner, I'm going to record after this, but I'm, it's going to be a tight turnaround from me getting home to recording. And he jokingly said, would I be panting on the audio? Like, sometimes fortnightly, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes monthly. And so as I was going through the patter, it, it came to mind that maybe I should be more out of breath. Yeah, I'm doing really well. I've, I've been playing some Edge of the Earth this afternoon as Charlie Kane. And it's just really fun playing Charlie. And he's one of those investigators. Do you remember we did that episode of slightly about how do you build a deck, but also about how Charlie was getting us excited? He's a investigator where when you look at him you're like oh I think I know how he works and then when you're actually playing him there's a certain amount of calculation or which allies am I going to exhaust but it just feels like you're playing a slightly different game and I really like it it's really cool yeah it's like you said with the sort of different economies of Scarlet Keys yeah yeah absolutely yeah so that's been my afternoon what are we talking about today Peter we are participating god (laughs) I've got one job to do here, which is which is to speak, (laughs) and I can't do it properly. We are participating in a community event. Is that is that the way to describe it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, an event. Yeah, and this is an event called, and I think mm, people might have heard of this already: the Many Faces of Charlie Kane. Ooh, there are ten content creators, each dealing with a or, or building decks or talking about Charlie Kane with every pairing of factions that Charlie can take, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's five times two, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when Veronica, who's organising this event, and you can check out her stuff until the end of time, when she pitched the event, she did a video. So she'd been doing these deep dives on different Scarlet Keys investigators, and she starts her Charlie Kane deep dive and then five minutes into it, hangs her head in her hands and is like, I can't do it. There's too many combinations. How am I supposed to deep dive? I'm going to call in different allies to help me. And we are those allies in a fitting Charlie Kane way. So she's she's siphoned off all the different class combinations to different content creators. And she's asking us all to look at a different two-faction combination for Charlie and make a deck and present that to the community and then point you, the lovely listener, to all of the other combinations as well. So if you look in the description to this episode, you can find a link to Veronica's channel, but then also to the other content creators. So there's all different people doing things. And yeah, definitely go take a look. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting. And I guess mm. it saves Veronica a lot of work. And also <laughs> puts us in the position of Veronica listening to the, the content we produce like like a hawk. And pointing yeah. out every single thing um, we do wrong. So alongside us, there's the blog Ancient Evils doing Seeker Rogue. Amber Autumn is doing Guardian Rogue. Bradley Galbraith is doing Rogue Mystic. Miskatonic University is doing Guardian Survivor. Mythos Busters, curse their name forever, are doing Guardian Mystic. Obscure Studies, Davi, is doing Mystic Survivor, which cool combination playing board games is doing seeker survivor tengo and plan is doing guardian seeker and winging it is doing seeker mystic so the eagle-eyed listener will be quickly rattling through all the different combinations and we'll be able to work out what combination we're doing from that whichever one i haven't mentioned uh yeah frank i definitely know that and why don't you for the listener explain what it is so our combination is was about to say Seeker. It's not Seeker. Rogue Survivor. <laughs> One job. Rogue Survivor. <laughs> One job. Messed it up. Yeah. So we are looking at a Charlie Rogue Survivor thing. 
Yes. Can you insert some heist music here? Yes. Yeah, well, okay, so here we are. We've got... I have listened... Sorry, just stepping back a second. I think I, there's two... I think there's more than two, but I've watched the two. Um, I watched Pax's video and Amber Autumn's video, uh, mm-hmm. and they were interesting, but maybe good that I haven't had too many more of these videos to marinate in. Mm-hmm. And I started reading Ancient Evils, the blog, uh, their deck, which is wild. Oh, yeah. It's a curse, Charlie. Oh, beautiful. Because it's got access to Seeker and Rogue. So that's all the curse cards. And then obviously taking mystic allies if you want them to do things like recur Gaze of Uraksh and like play it with multiple token pulls to do loads of damage. It's obscene. Anyway, that's not our deck. No, no. So we were told to build a deck and then talk about it. But we don't really like just talking about a deck card by card as an audio podcast because it can be a little bit and then there's this card and then there's that card. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. So we're going to do things a little bit different and shake up the format. We are going to provide a deck list. Look in the description below. We've put at least one, maybe two. And the reason why I can't tell you how many decks we've put is because what we're actually going to do is take you through some of our thought process for the kind of deck we're going to build. This isn't a deck build episode where we say, should we put this card in? No, now we need to cut two cards. I'm not, I don't think that makes good audio either. But instead, we're going to take a bit more of a bird's eye view, start looking at some of the questions we need to answer with our deck. And hopefully that will be a really useful discussion and we'll get you, the listeners, gears grinding is that the right phrase get the cogs no, whirring you don't want gears to grind. no you don't want to grind the gears you want the co- cogs to whir really get your cogs my... whirring and excited about this combination not angry about the combination misusing phrases really whirl, whirls my cogs <laughs> listen peter you can't sit on your own you can't ass. sit on your own ass <laughs> a fact well established yeah that's yeah. how they get you Okay, that's how they get you. Can we go back and can I just expand on what you said a little bit? Yeah, please. please I think the the interesting thing is, I like the the discussion in that deck creation stage where the ideas are still very loose, and then we firm them up over the course of talking about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think this this is a this is a good approach, and anyone who's taken a different approach has done it wrong. As far, as far as I'm concerned. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, the bit we don't like is the looking down a list of 100 cards, me saying, what about this card? You saying, nah. Me saying, what about this card? Nah. That, I don't think that <laughs> You make me sound very negative. You're quite negative in that mode, yeah. Am I? Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. That's how you build a deck. You me- If I'm doing it myself, I'm doing the nose as well. Yeah, okay. It's just doing the audio of it is not that enjoyable, I would argue. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know. Okay, right. Let's start yeah, off. And anyway. sh- should we read Charlie? Just get our heads in the right space. I, I feel like we've read Charlie like four times on the cast now. I know. But let's one more time. Let's do <laughs> one, this one more time. One more time. Posterity. One's across the board for his stats. Yes. 6-6, six, six, health sanity. Yes. He is the <laughs> archetypical squishy boy. He has... Three additional ally slots, free trigger during a skill test you're performing, exhaust an ally asset you control. For this test, you get plus one skill, plus an additional plus one for each skill icon that ally asset has that matches this test's type. Elder sign effect plus three, ready an ally asset at your location. Brilliant. And then, crucially on the back, at deck creation, choose two classes. And he can take ally cards, level 0 to 5, neutral cards, level 0 to 5, and cards from your chosen classes, level 0 to 2. We don't have to make that decision because we've been told Survivor Rogue. So yes. those are our two classes. Yeah. He, he's, he's very much a blank slate, isn't he? 
Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you have been playing with Charlie quite a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first solo Charlie deck I made was Survivor Rogue. Oh, well, there we go. So that was kind of convenient. Maybe I'll throw that list in as well, just for the fun of it. And at the moment, I'm playing Survivor Guardian, okay. which I won't go into. You can, If you're interested, listener, send me a message and I'll talk to you about my Survivor Guardian Charlie deck. Listen to Miskatonic University Radio. Boom. Go and listen to those folks. Yeah, he's very much a blank slate, right? So what, yeah. I, what I thought we'd start with is, is what does Charlie want to do? And in terms mm-hmm. of team role, it's probably anything and likely to be driven by your faction choices and mm-hmm. where the gap is in your team. However, we can still discern some things from him based on his card, his ability. He wants to play Mm -hmm. some allies and he He wants to play allies that have additional icons on them. He wants to play allies that don't necessarily need to be exhausted for their effects. Mm -hmm. He wants to play quite a lot of allies. He's got four ally slots. He might not like all unique double allies because obviously you can only play one unique at a time. Potentially, yes. Yes. I guess allies with wild icons are not, are super tasty for him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So an ally with like a wild icon and a skill uh, boost on it becomes effectively a plus three skill value. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all in the mix. So when you play, Charlie, how are you passing tests? Are you using a lot of skill cards? Are you using static boosts? Are you using his ability lots of times a turn? Great question. Yeah, I feel like Charlie, for me as I play, there's two stages. There's ignore the scenario at hand and try and get allies down. And normally once I have two or three allies down, I can start to spike stats high. So with three allies down, you can have any stat to be a four without any icons. That's, you know, plus one for each one you exhaust. So probably you're higher than a four. Mm -hmm. And then once you have three to four allies down, then you can actually start spiking your stat high and cracking on with the business of the scenario. So stage one for me is the setup and busily getting allies down. And stage two is then making progress. I've found that because I can get my stats so high with allies, just with their boosts, I've been moving away from running skill cards because I found it was almost too much. And yeah, I've been doing it that way. The the interesting thing as well is because of his ones across the board as a stat line, it's that weird thing where it's a little bit like Preston, where you almost don't want to put two icons into a test because it's probably not going to pass you. You either want like a five icon spike high or no icons. Yeah, yeah. We've said this about Preston in the past, haven't we? That it's getting his stats up to a kind of usable level is a lot of effort in terms of Mm. static boosts Mm. and and committing cards. Mm-hmm. So, going all in on that strategy, you may be on—is that a bit of a, a bit of a dead herring? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, unless you don't mind the cost of doing that. Someone like Doctor Milan, there's a really interesting challenge for Charlie. If you're playing Taboo Milan, exhausting Milan to get a resource means you can't exhaust Milan for plus two intellect. You do get the static boost either way. But if you want to go from intellect one to intellect four and get a clue with Milan, you have to forego getting the resource. Yeah. So straight away you're having to decide, which I think is is sort of fascinating. Yeah, that's how I kind of play him. And what I've noticed in playing him, which is not too big a problem for solo, but starts to be more of a problem in multiplayer, is that once I'm set up, I can spike my stat very high twice a turn or moderately high three times a turn, no problem. Mm -hmm. but it's only to do increments normally of one. So it's to do one damage or to get one clue. And so one of the things I'm intrigued about is how do you get enough uh, compression? Like, great, my stat's high, but am I actually doing much with that? And would I rather have, I don't know, just... It's a lot of effort to get what someone else could do just by having a five in the stat. So there's a kind of weirdness there about Charlie intrigues me again that feels a little bit like Preston doesn't it yeah Preston with his either something like trial by fire or well connected or streetwise and all of his cash he feels like he's able to do anything once or twice a turn yeah the streetwise like pay for get plus six you're at a seven stat you're like ha 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 I get one clue 
Like, great, well done. <laughs> so where I think we're really lucky, can I can I move us on to talking about one of our factions? Yeah, let's classes? do it. So where we're lucky is that Survivor. We have You've survivor. said Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Survivor ding, card. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky. What we have in Survivor that I think is fitting here is we have some things that can act as compression by failing. So mm-hmm. you look what I found, your oopses, that he can take and he has a low stat so he can make them fire. So one possibility is for that early game where we're not set up, there are options in Survivor for basically bumbling along low stat and still still making progress, mm-hmm. which I really like. I think that's a really fun aspect. And then we've also got the improv events if we want to use them. So they're going to drop difficulty a little bit and their ways of getting that compression. So that's your winging it or your improvised weapon is a way potentially of recurrable events that give us the compression that we're looking for, if that's something we're looking for, if we're going multiplayer. Yeah, absolutely. And even stuff like old keyring, for instance, dropping difficulty of tests can put it Mm -hmm. into a range where he doesn't need to boost his stats. Yeah, so Scarlet Keys gave us this extra or fleshed out this part of the survivor pool, which is the difficulty dropping. And like you've just mentioned, and gumption as well is really nice. And then if we can drop to zero, we can trigger exploit weakness or shed a light. That's what I'm doing in my Guardian Survivor Charlie. <laughs> You're just mm-hmm. buying loads of clues by dropping your difficulty, which is really cool. So that's that's, I guess, all there in the survivor pool. I guess the the interesting thing there is that what we've already said is that we're maybe looking at an investigator who can who can spike high once a turn, mm. and that leaves you with the problem of what to do with the rest of your turn. Mm-hmm. But if you're also packing that kind of survivor tech cards, like look what I found, gives you something to do with the rest of the time that you don't have to pump a load of resources into and doesn't. They don't mind the, the fact that you've got low base stats. Yeah, yeah. You just lowball it and then get away with it, Yeah, essentially. Another feature of the Survivor class is soaking up lots of damage and horror with your leather coats and your keepsakes. I feel like that's not a route we want to go down with Charlie because one of his great strengths with all of his allies is getting soak from them. So I think yes. that's worth bearing in mind that something I think of when I think of Survivor is that side of things, but I don't know if that's necessarily what he's interested in. Then the final Survivor feature thing that's maybe worth bearing in mind is that with Keep Faith and the Ancient Covenant, there is scope for Charlie to... He can go up to level two so he can take Ancient Covenant. There's scope for him to do that Survivor thing of if you hit a bless, you just stop. And yeah. then, as long as the difficulty of the test is three or lower, he's passing, which is pretty tasty as well. So that's that's in the mix as well. What about Rogue, though, Peter? Well, the the two that probably spring to mind are the favor cycle of cards and then mm. some tools that try and help you make money. Favor cards let you do some core game abilities like investigate or deal damage without having to pass any tests. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they that feels like it's probably got a place here, so you're not worrying about having to take tests on low stats. And then you've also got some money cards as well. So we're looking yeah. at, I don't know whether you want to look at Payday or um, Easy Mark or um, Hot Streak, uh, cards mm-hmm. like that can certainly Bells give you... A bargain. Yeah, Bastian Parkin. Yeah, sadly we can't we can't get up to unscrupulous loan, can we? No, it's a real shame. It's not. Yeah. Perf- perfectly yeah. in the color pie, and probably perfectly in character for Charlie Kane, but but not one that's available to him. And when we look at the Scarlet Keys rogue cards, we also see friends in low places, which we could write ally on. It's a customizable that lets us look for a certain trait in our deck. There's also hit and run which is put an ally asset from your hand into play and at the end of the turn it comes back to hand. That's a fast, it's basically the sleight of hand but for allies in Rogue, mm-hmm. which I think is, is kind of good. And there's also now the stylish coat as well, 1xp. 
when you gain one or more resources during your turn via another player card effect, exhaust the stylish coats, gain one additional resource. So Charlie could be wearing a stylish coat and as he gains resources from these cards that you've just mentioned, maybe from Gregory Gry as well, gets extra resources for doing it. Gregory's a tough one though because it's he's you need to be smashing tests really, don't you? Well, that's where the spiking helps. Yeah, oh yes, if of course, I'm, yeah. If yeah, I'm spiking true. to seven on three investigating, say I want to do that, I can and with, with Gregory Gry you can bet one, two or three, and if yeah. you pass by that amount, you get that amount. So you can bet by by one and and do that. You know, and you you sail over the threshold and just it's a nice drip. And in fact, if you're wearing stylish coats, you kinda of just want to do it slowly and make I was going to say, yeah, well, out of it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. T- two a turn rather than one a turn. I suppose he could also yeah, take, yeah. ironically enough, he could take Lone Wolf to yeah, work well with a stylish coat, couldn't turn. he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Gregory Gry, importantly, doesn't exhaust. Yes. It's just a reaction ability. So it's an intellect icon on Gregory Gry. So that's plus two intellect or plus one to any other stat. And then reaction when you initiate a skill test, spend up to three resources. If this test succeeds by at least that amount, gain that many resources so yeah you can have gregory down and just be gently dripping out resources it's kind of a nice thing i guess the the other thing in rogue worth mentioning when we're talking about spiking high is the succeed by tech and i know i said i'm not running heavy skills but in theory you could run watch this quick thinking upgrade into momentum and i I know you've said on the cast before the really powerful thing about momentum is it carries over some of the boosting you've done on one test to the next one. Yeah, that that that's a great shout, actually. You mm. put all your allies into the first test, the momentum takes you up for the second test. Yeah. So there's something in around that. And I guess I don't know if those two things square away. The survivor, I'm going to bump along at a low stat most of the time. And then the rogue, I'm going to really spike high. But there's a... There's something going on there that I'm intrigued by. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think when when we sort of mash this together, we can we can come up with a kind of slight a, a, a very flexible, but probably high spiking, little bit of investigation, evading character, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we want to yeah. look at stuff even like if we're looking at success by? We could even be looking at cards like pickpocketing. Pickpocketing too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can get pickpocketing too, can't we? Yeah. Then, then yeah. you know, typical engine, grab those, get the lucky cigarette case. Yeah. Some of the, what I've noticed, you know, again, drawing on my own experience, that could be drawbacks for Charlie, depending on your class choice, is obviously he wants to draw lots of cards to find all these allies. Mm-hmm. And so having a way of drawing, whether that's, say, drawing thin rabbit's foot, take heart in Survivor, or whether that's lucky cigarette case pickpocketing in Rogue, like being aware of what your class offers in terms of draw. If you're running Seeker, you can run loads of draw, but we can also dip into allies from any faction. So maybe running a laboratory assistant for more draw is no bad thing. But yeah, I feel like he can sometimes struggle with draw. And what I like about our faction combination is you can hit and run to get more value out of a ally and then have it come back to hand and then we also get chance encounter in survivor which allows us to replay allies from the bin so potentially we can like replay them from hand and replay them from the bin if we're maybe getting more value out of the interplay effects, if yeah. that's the direction we go. There's certainly some, yeah, like art student and, I mean, art student's just just great. Mm-hmm. So so she looks pretty good here, as does laboratory assistant, just for some card mm. draw. So that, mm. it almost lets you bring in some of another faction's core strengths because they're attached to allies. Yeah, yeah. Irrespective of what we decide to do, I think there's a deck out there that's some of the Seeker, Miskatonic, allies hit and run calling in favors chance encounter <laughs> and it's yeah, it's, like it's that's a, bit a like, thing yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean we're, we're the lucky ones because yeah. i think probably anyone who's doing either rogue or survivor is looking at chance encounter and hit and run <laughs> right mm. but we, we get all of them yeah. so so yeah. Th- that that's the other thing we can sort of chuck everything we've done so far in the bin and go a bit more heavy on this ally nonsense 
Mm-hmm. And the thrust of the many faces of Charlie Kane is really to showcase what the class combination offers rather than just the allies. And so we've tried to shy away from saying, well, what allies do we want? And the thing that really boggles my mind when building Charlie is your class choice doesn't matter when it comes to allies. So as we're just doing, yes. we're just talking about the lovely seeker allies that we could be doing, but we could be doing those enter play effects or not enter play effects. We could be doing that kind of thing, but with guardian allies, we could be dropping in, say, Tetsuo for a turn, soaking a little bit for the team, and then he comes back to hand and then playing him again. And maybe we're using him to recur, I don't know, key rings from the discard pile. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. We can take key ring, you know, or we're playing a guard dog for a turn and soaking a couple of damage, and then it's popping back up. And then when it dies, having been played on a later turn, we pull it back from the bin. So, well, you the- can use, I mean, the thing we haven't touched on is also uh, Bonnie, because if you look at, say, Field Agent. Mm-hmm. We could drop field agent into play, tap it, use Bonnie, that ready the field agent, and then do it again. So that's that's two clues without spending an action aside from the action to play the field agent, and then potentially comes back with a chance encounter or something like that for more clues. Yeah, yeah. So it gets kind of obscene. Like that style is almost. It's not quite the style I've been describing. If you build up your big suite of allies and on you go, it's almost more reactive i guess there's Mm. little things popping in and out (laughs) rather than charlie having assembled all the team in one room there's someone in a different room who comes sprinting in to help for a bit and then runs off again and then you're calling in favors another ally to go fetch someone else and (laughs) you have this whole moving suite of who do you have in play so what's the overall shape of our deck then frank what's what's our what's our team role going to be bearing in mind everything we've talked about so far yeah we should pick shouldn't we what what size party we're playing in and maybe a campaign we have in mind because I find that those two things help to clarify the thinking. I feel like we're playing multiplayer. I feel like we're the third player in a group of three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, we're going for that yeah, yeah, flexi yeah, yeah. role that you that, really yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. So a bit, a bit of clues and a bit of enemy management, probably not, not terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And any particular campaign spring to mind that you... Um, maybe we say scarlet keys yeah well we, we don't, don't know have what to worry about yeah. considerations <laughs> yeah we have to just build a generic good deck yeah that we can hopefully handle whatever is thrown at us so so that in mind then what's what's uh what's what we're looking at are we gonna i think uh that combination of spiking high with some succeed by tech and mm. then some failure tech to fill in on the actions where we're not succeeding stuff to, to kind of preserve our cards for the, the over-committing once a turn. I think that's really nice. And I think we can probably flesh it out with a little bit of utility using allies and um, hit and run. Yeah. That gives us yeah. a little bit of a bit of jiggling around of, 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 our, of our kind of board state. So I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, keyring, look what I found, take heart, chance encounter. So that's eight cards in our deck yes then faustian bargain lucky cigarette case do you want a pickpocketing in there um yeah let's do pickpocketing i like i like pickpocketing i like pickpocketing too quick thinking i guess is maybe i like pickpocketing too too <laughs> yeah me too do i did like that that's was good that's kind of eight cards from from each so four and four Yes. Which takes us up to 16, which leaves us 14 to play with, which is nice. Yeah. And if we Hit go... And run goes yeah. in there. Well. Chance encounter. Do we want calling in favours? Yeah, we almost certainly do. I think we do. And yeah. then I think the playing the around... The deck is, is just allies. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's picking yeah. the suite. Now, one thing I've seen discussed a bit, which I think is a really interesting observation, is about running unique or not allies or running two copies of uniques and i've seen this myself like say i'm running two malison malison is a great ally to run one cost two two soak bit defensive for charlie if you're worried you know drop mm-hmm. a clue if you've got ways of picking up that's fine but also just a willpower icon so it's a a plus two for a willpower test or a plus one for anything else but sometimes I find that other Malison burns a hole in my hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's not. I'm not really committing it for one wild. Maybe Malison's going to die. And I've seen a few more people push for 
say you want to run, I don't know, Milan, you run one Milan and one Alice Luxley. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you that. see them both in your opening hand, you've got a choice. They're yeah. both giving you the plus one int. They both tap for an int icon as well. But you've got options then. And you're not, because you've got four slots, you almost don't want to draw dupes. Because, so yeah, that adds like an extra wrinkle to, to all of this. So, so what do we want in terms of allies then? Certainly at level zero, what do we think is a good way to go? Well, I, I, feel I, like... I, I, I Gregory Gry definitely seems like he's he's worth it. So good, he's so really good. sold me on him. Yeah, <laughs> if we're going to upgrade into stylish coat, then like, yeah, yeah. all momentum, all momentum. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what else, Gry time. Uh, he's the, great. The one thing we didn't pick up when we were looking at Survivor just then is mm. rise to the occasion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. really nice for that spiking because it goes off your base stat, not your modified stat. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is really good. I agree. Yeah, and and you mentioned trial by fire as well. Like, there's a possibility that you trial by fire in Charlie. Yeah. Is it is the upgraded one level three? Yeah, <laughs> that's a shame. Sadly. Well, I've just pulled up a list of of allies as well. If we are going to do some evading, we need to look for some agility boosts so i wonder if peter sylvester for the plus one agility is something but agility icons are pretty rare at level zero on yes like there's research librarian but we're not running any tomes yeah it's 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 always an interesting one you're almost better like straight stray cat it could be interesting that's it there's an auto evade on stray cat as well Mm mm-hmm Cat Burglar at level one is a agility boost. Stat boost, yeah. And has an agility icon. So that takes you to an agility four if you're not going to be using Cat Burglar for the exhaust ability. That's it's not too bad. You know who else has an agility icon? Henry One. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. And you're not using his exhaust ability. Jerry the Rat also has... Man, there's, <laughs> there's a Jerry the Rat sort of Bob Jenkins style scavenging items with our survivor rogue combo but I've, that's a different deck yeah is that kind of it it's so limited for well, there, there's some I mean the other things you can look at wild icons but they're even rarer <laughs> yeah I mean what Mr. I've Mr. Done Doyle is, yeah yeah, at, yeah at level just, one that's exactly is, that. is great um, and then, you know what? I mean, the deck we're building is a deck that works well with the regular man as well. Yeah. Who's yeah. exactly the kind of... Well, oh, might there be an issue taking him into the Scarlet Keys? <laughs> there might be an issue, yes. As we know, you cannot play a player card if there is a scenario card with the same name already in play. And if the scenario card comes into play, it will discard the player version of that card. But that our deck works quite well with this because our plan is not to keep the Red Glove Man around. It's to pick and choose when he strategically enters play. He yeah. answers a lot of our problems, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He's like a, a super trial by fire if we want it. Yeah. He doesn't have an exhaust ability. He's got a wild icon, so he's a plus two, but he's also setting two stats to six. So he's giving us like a plus seven to, two, to, to one stat. Yeah. And loads of soak. And we kind of don't care if we hit and run or we chance encounter him. Yeah. Because it yeah. just comes in and out. Yeah. So that's, I like that. That's kind of nice. I think that's and really I'm glad you mentioned Miss Doyle because the really cool thing about Miss Doyle is she comes into play and she gives you one of the three cats, Hope, Augur, or Zeal. They have an action ability to, to test, fight, evade, or investigate at five, mm-hmm. which is great. They also have an auto success on them if you'd prefer to do that. Yeah. But also they're both allies, Miss Doyle and the cat. Yeah, and they, the cats don't use a slot. The cats don't use a slot and they have icons for the two tests that they don't have written on them. Yeah. So Augur is the investigate one and it has combat and agility icons. So that means you also suddenly have a really nice spread where you can go to five on whatever they offer you or four for combat or agility if you're exhausting Miss Doyle as well. So plus two, plus two. I know, or five, yeah, five, plus four from them. So it's a really nice comment. It feels like it feels like Charlie must have been designed at Dream Eaters just for how neatly it works. But yeah, it's just yeah. 
I would be tempted to take in the thick of it to put Miss Doyle in our deck. I know that sounds insane because we've only got six health and six sanity, but the whole plan with Charlie is that we're going to have allies to soak. Yes, so, we could also take medical student as well. Yeah, yeah, take medical student. That works quite nicely, actually. And if we take in the thick of it for three XP, we could take two momentum and that would straight away be in there if that's part of our plan. Yeah, yeah, I like that. that that's nice. So where are we at with the allies I definitely think we, we sort of want to flesh out. We want to. I we went down build. the rabbit hole of how do we evade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think we want a little bit of evade, a little bit of clue in there, but I think we also want some utility mm. using or utilizing the fact we can bring allies in and out of play. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think the lab assistant juggling sort of. I, I do quite like that, mm-hmm. but it is it's a lot of slots for that. I tell you what is uh, an alternative to that is Mr. Rook. Mm. He is now zero XP chained, but he's an action ability rather than a free trigger. Is that right? That's right, yeah. So we can take him at level zero. Mm-hmm. I like that he doesn't... He, he, hang on, he does have an exhaust ability. Yeah, yes. it's action exhaust and spend a secret. Does have an exhaust ability, but he... I mean, he has a willpower icon, which is nice. Because that, that gives us some protection. He's he's two two soak for three, which I think is also quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with our with our build up, he can kind of be recharged by bringing him in and out of play. Mm-hmm. Appreciate he's nowhere near as good now as he used to be. But yeah, the other thing he can maybe do is give us a bit of control over when we hit our weakness. Yeah, yeah. If we go. True. Deep, deep diving because he can just wipe out your board can't he uh, the, the weakness can just wipe out your board so for allies that can soak a load like the red glove man you just put a direct damage direct horror and you've still got the tap ability whereas for things like the miskatonic allies that normally only have a one health if you don't tap them they just die got you okay right maybe they'll just errata it to say you must and then it will be as punishing as i thought it was regardless i i I'd, I'd be interested to see how Rook operates with the Arata. I've not used him since the Arata. I've used mm-hmm. him a lot prior to the Arata. So maybe yeah. we look at a, a, a single Rook rather than Lab Assistant. Mm-hmm. The other thing is Lab Assistant has an intellect icon and Rook has a willpower icon. Well, there is that. I think it depends on yeah. everything else we're putting in, right? I mean, well, I mean, the other thing is instead of Rook, there's Jacobs, Jeremiah Kirby. Yes, who yeah, has an yeah. enters play effect. Yeah, although he is chained now, isn't he? Oh yeah. So oh. he's three XP, no two XP. Okay. Well, upgrade our rook into Jeremiah. That uh, yeah, really nice. yeah, static intellect that, boost, yeah. intellect icon, which we like, an enters play effect, which triggers of all the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, it sounds like from some of the choices we've made, we could have good choices on even or odd. You know, go. Odd if you want your old key ring or your hit and run. You've just played one or you're calling in favours. Go even for a lot of the allies we've described apart from... You know, you could be probably a bit selective. If you're replaying him, it doesn't matter, I would say, as much if you're getting like two bites at the cherry because you're cheating him out once. That's kind of nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bit I'm stuck on is how regularly we're evading. And I've seen and I've played with a summoned hound, Charlie... Because Summon Hound gives mm-hmm. you investigate or fight as a free trigger once a turn at stat of five. Yeah. So it's a nice, again, a nice spiking the stat. I guess we're hoping for Hope, which is the cat that gives you the evade. I think Hope is the evade cat. And going from there, maybe. What other thoughts do we need about this deck we're building? Do we have enough? Well, I think we're okay for money if we're taking Gry and we're taking Faustian Bargain and we're taking Pickpocketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Upgrading into Pickpock 2, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Think, is there any extra spikes we want to put in there? I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Anything else we're missing in terms of comes into play effects? We're not running like a winging it or an improvised weapon, right? So we don't really don't want to go short so, no. supply. No, I don't think we need to. I mean, we've got chance encounter, so you know you could yeah. argue it's, it's the correct choice to do that. Mm-hmm. 
but we do have we also have two calling in favors which help us tutor out yeah allies from our deck and the cheeky thing you can do as well is hit and run an ally into play and then calling in favors it at the end of the turn it's going to come back to hand anyway but you then get even more value out of it because you've not paid its cost you've just paid one yeah you hit and run in a jeremiah kirby and then calling in favors to get another card on the cheap i think the position we're in is that we're we can trade around allies depending on what our team's going to need mm-hmm. so if mm-hmm. if if we're lacking in fight ability say we've yeah i don't know maybe we're in a team with a, a seeker and a mystic mm-hmm. uh maybe beat cop goes in to do a little bit of extra damage mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. and then that could be upgraded into delilah or something like that yeah if yeah. we're if we're more lacking in clues saying i don't know we're moving a team with a again a mystic <laughs> a mystic yeah. is, is the primary cluer uh and we need a bit of extra clue power alongside a guardian and mm. um, then maybe we go with field agent so that's mm-hmm. the kind of choices we can start to make an, an art student as well probably yeah. go with yeah. art student ahead of field agent so what we do when we make this deck is probably put some other ally choices in the side deck yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> but every ally in the side deck. And then... <laughs> Just pick the ones you want. Yeah, Put all the cards yeah. in Arkham in the side deck. The other little shout out I want to make to is to another ally, Michael Lee, who's the level five Guardian Seeker multi-class ally. He gives you two stat boosts, intellect and combat. His icons are intellect, combat and wild, which is pretty tasty. After you investigate, you put resources on Michael Lee as evidence. And when you attack, you can exhaust Michael Lee and spend an evidence for plus one damage. So he is another way of getting damage compression if you're not running a weapon in Charlie. And that might be the kind of ally that you upgrade into depending on what the party composition is like, like you just described. It's like, oh, I'm doing a little bit of cluing, but everyone would need me to have a bit more damage on tap. I'm going to upgrade into, like you say, some beat cops and I'm going to upgrade into Michael Lee so then I start doing more damage when I can throw some punches. Yeah, yeah. And Cozy Mabati. I hope I hope one of the Mystic builds uses... It doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a Mystic build. No, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. Is there anything else we want to add? We've looked at what Charlie's suited to. Anything. <laughs> We've talked about some of the features of Rogue. We've talked about some of the features of Survivor. Obviously, briefly... We're doing this in a quite informal way. Have we managed to mash all of those elements together, Peter? We have. We found something that gets us both a little bit excited, which is this slightly cheeky ally juggling style with Survivor shoring up, just doing things at low stat and Rogue being a little bit rewarded for when we get high stat. Yeah. And are we having two ideas that fall between two stools? I don't think so. I think it's all right. It sounds like because we've got a couple of different ideas going, draw is really important. Yes. And we've identified multiple ways of drawing, yeah. whether we take laboratory assistant and recur it, or do Jeremiah Kirby or Mr. Rook. We've yeah. got options. Lucky cigarette case as well. Lucky cigarette case could be in there. Cards. Take heart could be in there if we want it for failing tests and, and keeping going. And we started to talk about what allies Charlie wants to lean into for this mashup particularly if with keeping that core of hit and run, calling in favours, chance encounter, we want enters play effects. And it seems like one of our targets would be upgrading to Red Glove Man because we just keep changing our stat to six, which is lovely. And actually, that's the evade answer, isn't it? In comes the Red Glove Man. Suddenly we're a stat of six. We evade for days and then he leaves and then he gets played again. It's lovely. He's just, he's very flexible. You know, you can drop him in when you've, getting ready to fight and then suddenly Charlie can biff people up. Yeah, yeah. Or you can just investigate a few times. Uh, the difficulty yeah. is getting getting the, the action compression in. So maybe there's, I don't know, I keep thinking of new ways we could take this deck. <laughs> you could do like an improv deck using Red Glove Man. Just, mm-hmm. you know, that turn is when you, you, you then recur your two wing hits. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I think that's good. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this combination of we spike high one test a turn and then we use a bit of fail tech the other two t- the rest of the turn we're doing board building and we're setting things up the rest of the turn i'm inter- yeah. interested to see how that plays out yes yeah we didn't take any of the favors can we squeeze some we favors didn't take any favors let's no. just o- 
What the other thing we could put for the spiking high if we're evading is something like nimble. And that gives us some movement compression as well. If we're doing that high agility test as part of an evade, stick in a nimble and go running off. Charlie and five other people all sprinting off. (laughs) Just evaded someone. (laughs) I think because I'm holding this deck in my head, I'd want to put it into Arkham DB, see how much space there is in it and see if there's space for favours. Because I feel like we might not have as much money as we thought we would have. It's all going to go playing playing allies over and over again. And (laughs) and the favour side of it is the one bit that's just draining our economy for doing what we were already doing. Yeah. I still like the favours. I just want to look at friends in low places. Although he can only go up to, he can only put four ticks in it. So we could put ally as our trait. For one XP, we could play friends in low places. And so it lets you look at the top six cards of your deck. For each looked at card with the chosen trait, you can spend one resource to add that card to your hand and you shuffle the remaining cards into your deck. For one XP helpful, you can play it on someone else. I mean, who who cares? (laughs) Two XP versatile, you can add another trait. Also, I don't think we care. And if we found someone with both of the traits, you could add them to hand without spending a resource. So potentially we could choose ally Miskatonic if we were doing that. Yeah. And that would draw us cards for free. Bolstering for another 2 XP, each card added to your hand by friends in low places gains a wild icon until the end of the phase. I don't think that's so useful. Clever, instead of shuffling the remaining cards into your deck, you may place each of them on on the top of your deck in any order. And then prompt friends in low places gains fast and play during any free trigger window. Experience for 3 XP increase the number of cards looked at by 3. And Swift, you may play one of the cards added to your hand, paying its cost for 3 XP as well. I mean, we could basically take two of the 2 XP ones if we wanted to put 4 XP into Friends in Low Places, or Experienced or Swift. I don't know. It's maybe a bit of a dead end for Charlie. It could (laughs) be good. It could be good. If we weren't leaning into more draw as part of our thing, then maybe this would be a really nice way. It's sort of like a mini calling in favours, isn't it? It is, yes. Um, yeah. Potentially for a lot. But but the benefit of calling in favours for us is that it also returns an ally to our hand. The situation where we play this and draw, say, three allies for three resources means we've not, not done well. I suppose we've seen a Faustian early, but it's expensive then. Forget about it. Forget about it. The other card I've been loving is Makeshift Trap, which is the other, the other Scarlet Keys. I've not got my head around it yet. I think actually, uh, I've, I've, I, this this is a whole so new episode. Add, add add to the list, Frank. Um, customizable cards. I think a lot. Oh, of these I'm glad you're saying cards. that because I've promised in every first look, which means you can listen to them, <laughs> that we are going to be doing a customizable episode. And I think I've said repeatedly, I haven't actually told Peter yet. So yeah, we we've already committed. Okay, bro. <laughs> the, the listeners want it. So the the thing that I was thinking about, about the trap, I'm not going to read all the customizables, but you pay one attached to your location and it says each non-elite enemy at attached location gets minus one fight and minus one evade. And where I like that, it sticks around for two turns, is obviously if any enemy has a one fight or a one evade, it makes them very easy to hit or evade right. once they drop to zero. And then the other nice thing about it is it can combine with, say, an improvised weapon or an impromptu barrier to again drop to zero. And it can make some enemies that are like, oof, I can't really deal with this, start to get within reasonable levels. And you can make it fast. You can make it deal damage. You can make it playable at range. So it's got loads of fun options, basically. Right. If we've got two card slots left, we can just put in makeshift chap and it's bound to be fun. I've been playing it in Daryl. It's really cool. In my difficulty zero, Daryl. Um, okay, I'm waffling on. I'm going to shut up. That's fine. Yes, shut up, Frank. Uh, right, so what what we're going to do is we're going to condense all this rambling we've done and build a deck, and then we'll include it on the episode notes. Mm-hmm. And then we'll put a bit of commentary in there as well. So when you're listening to the episode, you can read along with the deck list mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know see how prescient or how... how um, lukewarm. <laughs> I love it if you now build the deck and you're like, I've changed it a little yeah, bit. It's a well realized deck. <laughs> yeah, and I've realized that the two classes I want are Mystic and Guardian. Yeah. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> 
Enjoy. And hopefully this, I mean, I've enjoyed doing this. I hope you have as well, Peter. And hopefully you, the listeners, enjoyed us approaching it in this angle rather than simply having done all the thinking off mic and then presenting it in a little bit more of a formulaic way. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Hopefully. If you find this way too messy and hard to follow, apologies. But not really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You can cut that out, you can cut that out. I'm leaving that in. (laughs) Plus my embarrassing laugh. If you want to get in touch with us, we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, designed by humans if you want drawn to the flame stash and Patreon. Thank you so much to all our patrons. And week by week at the moment, we're doing looking at all the Scarlet Keys cards in a sort of nice condensed form. So if you're already a patron and you want to come and share some thoughts, you can find a thread on our Discord where we're doing just slowly taking our time looking at all the cards because there's a lot of them to look at. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and I'm on Instagram as the.united. So please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm F-B on Twitter. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. Likewise, say hello. Thank you for Thanks listening. Thank you very much for listening.